Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Come on. Come on. Oh, what's going on, universe? How's it going? We're back. And arguably better than ever because it's just been another week. So it's yeah. like. It, it, there you, you go. Know? We're just pushing through time. We certainly fucking are. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Fury. Yeah. We are here. To tell you about a little old story about this, arguably maybe a monk wearing a, 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 a dark colored robe that, uh, honestly, he kind of shatters what you might think of ghosts. He really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go into the story and all that, but I will just a little precursor. If you're completely unaware of this, uh, we'll give you a, a bim bam boom version. Okay. Yeah. Haunting. Haunting stops. Haunting comes back. Haunting moves locations. Haunting comes back again. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's what you, it, it goes kind of in a lot of different directions. It so it's not your conventional ghost story in the sense of a location being haunted. This is more about a entity, I would say, that stalked people that knew a particular individual. That's the best way to put it. There you go. There you go. We are starting a cult. Yes. That's Grand Up Jake. We and we are talking are. about the Black Monk. Damn it. The Black Monk of Pontefract. Yes, we are. And since we're doing an episode about a topic like this, I only think it's fair to throw in a little bit of a precursor and let you guys know, you know, you don't have to believe everything you hear, okay? However, for the purposes of our show, our show would not be a show if it wasn't for this very simple thing. Turn off any disbelief you might have and just follow us along for the ride. Just fucking be cool. And when it's all over, you can make up your own opinion. And if it doesn't match up with someone else's, it's totally fine. It's your opinion. It's okay. It's true, but you got to get through it. You know, yeah, so just you gotta have informed opinions. Kick back, relax, maybe take off your shoes if possible. Uh, I don't know what you're doing right now. Yeah, that would be terrible if you just couldn't take off your shoes ever. Oh, that would be that brutal. would be t- sleeping. You shouldn't be. 
would be awful. But I, uh, yeah, I want you guys to enjoy this because it's it's a really fun, spooky, interesting story. Yeah, like actually researching into it, it's kind of more fun than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's like super, like adorable at certain points. There's a couple parts of it that are a bit frightening to me, but I would say all in all, it's more of just. It, it reminds you of a movie almost. It plays out similar to a movie, and it really does. Um, and if you're interested, there is a movie which I I have not seen, and I didn't even know existed. Yeah, me either. I just like I said, like researching it. There's like a bunch of different takes that people tend to take on them on this like story. Yeah, they t- it, they tend to see like, oh, it's like the most frightening and violent thing in the world, or it's like, oh, it was just kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's. And everywhere in between, so uh, I don't know what the movie holds. If you are interested, the movie is called When the Lights Went Out, and that movie came out in 2012, and it is uh, the film adaptation of the story of the Black Monk of Pontefract. So if you're interested, give it a go. Yeah, Let us know how it is, uh, if you've seen it. I haven't seen it, and honestly, I don't even know where to find it, so I'm going to have to scour uh, video stores there you go. to get myself a copy of that. We'll figure it out. But you want to just jump right in here? Yeah, why not? Let's let's let's, ha- let's, let's cross the pond, as they let's say. Do- oh my God, you're right. Because this happened in England, the Black Monk of Pontefract. All right, uh, this was a case of polter a case of poltergeist activity that occurred in 1966 in the historic market town in the metropolitan borough of Wakefield in West Yorkshire, England, known as Pontefract. That's the town. I would like to interject here with a personal opinion. I don't like that they call this a poltergeist. Uh, it, it, nothing about you. I know that that's what everything says. They say, oh, it's yeah. a poltergeist. I completely disagree because the one thing that poltergeists don't typically do is show some type of physical form. And th- this entity does just that at Well, you see, points. yeah, th- that's something that we'll find throughout this story is it kind of crosses the borders between just a regular haunting, poltergeist, and then there's actual physical manifestations of this thing. It's yeah. like it's crossing a bunch of... There's a huge Venn diagram of this thing that it just it's right in the center. Yeah, it's it's very unique in that sense. I mean, I know there's there's probably tons of these stories out there, but for one that covers this many bases and to be this large and well-known, it is... It's quite a unique uh, poltergeist slash haunting yeah. slash demonic, and if you tend to believe that, but I'm gonna, I'll talk about that later because I have an opinion on that. And it's it kind of like, uh, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, more specifically, uh, this all went down in the household of Jean and Joe Pritchard, and their two children, Philip, who was 15 at the time, and Diane, who was 12 at the time, were also there. Uh, so they moved into their new home at 30 East Drive that year, 1966, and claimed shortly after that there were some strange things going on. They began happening in the house. Sandwiches were making themselves. Oh, God. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's like the Disney Smart House thing. Yeah, but they're everything you don't want on a sandwich. Like, <laughs> think of a... I think we were just talking about that, like, on Benchwarmers, where he's like, I'm going to make a sandwich so crazy you can oh you're done <laughs> oh you already have it he's like yeah you're done already no see that would be so good all right, all right but first we got to get a bit of uh background on pontefract itself all right that we do that so, we do you're damn right so pontefract was a town uh it, it's a, it's a town that was part of yorkshire 
and uh, and it dates back to the year 1090. So Ooh. it's old as shit. Uh, when it was founded by Robert De Lacy, who built it in dedication to Saint John Evangelis, or uh, the Evangelist, which is also the name of a Catholic elementary school and church near us, nestled between an abandoned Kmart and Walgreens. Yeah, that was actually uh, that was the the church that I was uh, confirmed in, and then immediately I have never gone back. I went to the Dare, like ending ceremony thing. You know, the D.A.R.E. program? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all gathered at the church. That's a weird that place fun. to do that. Yeah. We're, <laughs> let's just put it this way. They're telling children not to use drugs in a place where men diddle children. Yeah. Usually, sometimes, with the help of drugs. And give wine. Seems so like, oh, it's you know, you have to drink it. You have to. It's like, yeah, that's not okay. No offense, but if you're a Catholic and you can't take that joke, you just you got to realize, hell, kid. Yeah. Catholic uh, Catholic priests they tend to diddle kids, and everyone always wants to know. They're like, well, why would they do that? They're you know men of God. It's like, I'll tell you why, because they're pretty much not allowed to have friends. They're certainly not allowed to be married, and they can't even sin. Okay, so what? I mean, what do you expect? I'm not I'm not saying it's okay. No. All I'm saying is or the answer just, is very clear as to why that happens. They could also just be pedophiles who are like, oh, these people tend to rape and get away with it. Yeah, it's a great, you know? I mean, for pedophiles, it's like the it's number the one job work, to go into. The line of work. But anyway, uh, so yeah, we get, yeah. Uh, and from 1090 to 1539, Pontefract included a monastery um, completely inhabited by monks with less than monk-like uh, behavior. Yeah, they the, tended to be a bit not religious like. That would be I'm I don't know if I'm saying this right the Cluniac Cluniac monk. That sounds right. The Cluniac monks. I would believe you if you pronounced it that way. Yeah, the I think that's correct. The Cluniac order of monks were in this area at yeah. the time. Ooh, the Cluni Yeah, George Cluny, Cluniac. That's where he came from. Wow. That's yeah. He's a descendant of the Cluniac monks. Very nice. Clun- I don't know. I don't know how to say <laughs> Something's it. Something's happening here. I'm trying my best. I'm about to tie it back into rape. Uh, so the whole story behind this name, behind the name of this case, it stems from this monastery, and that apparently during this period, a monk had raped and murdered a young girl and was hanged for the crime on the highest hill in town. All right. Yes. Now, now I do think it's important. I do think it is extremely important that this story comes from Tom Cuniff, or Cuniff. Uh, he was a paranormal investigator, and it's never truly been proven that this is the case, but it's also never been disproven that it's the case. <laughs> right back where we started. So people, <laughs> yeah. like, the, initially, people were like, there's no way, like, the guy that's here to investigate this house is the one coming up with this information. Yeah. But the people that have felt that way have never truly been able to prove otherwise. Uh, and we do know for a fact that these monks were in the area. So yeah. it's not particularly far fetched that something like this could have happened around there. Yeah. I mean, like people have already kind of taken that story and ran with it and like added on to it because a slight twist on this, uh, however, is that the monk was ha- that was hanged. He was taking the blame for his brother who was also a monk and he still raped. 
So that's like so. So it's like what? There's just like an extra step there. It's what like what a terrible the family member. Like I understand the like. Yeah, nobility. I'll take the fall for you. <laughs> it's like no. I understand. Are you like, me? There's a difference between like oh shit, dude. Like I can't. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're like 15, 16. You're like, like take the wheel. I, I'm drunk as shit. It's or something like, like I passed that. curfew. Like uh, mom and dad are gonna be so pissed. And like your brother's like, I oh, don't worry. Like I'll I'll tell him it was my fault. It's like that's a little different than like. Hey man, I raped a kid, and, and he's like, her. "Don't worry about it. I got you on this one." It's like that's not a good brother. You're it's like, not. Did helping. he think that was like a saintly thing to do? He's like, "I'll be remembered, immortalized forever." It's yeah, it's like, like no, you're just like that's just awful. That's it's, terrible. It's not good. But again, I guess I don't know what 11th century monks were thinking. So yeah, things were a lot different back then. In my my uh, 2021 eyesight here, it's uh. It seems inappropriate, but I guess at the time, maybe it wasn't. Who knows, man? Who knows? Um, well, you know, uh, it was on the highest hill that he was hanged, right? And what was sitting at the base of this hill some 450, maybe 550 years later, uh, but 30 East Drive, the home of the Pritchard family. hey In 1966. Um, so now, based on these historical events, uh, paired with the poltergeist activity to come thereafter, those... Who believe this story to be true say that spiritual impressions of traumatic events can reside in locations and largely use this as an explanation for the activity. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that is, that is something that is extremely common. I mean, you look at... Yeah, like pr- spiritual echoes of pretty much emotion. Anything. You know? um, like, uh, we, we covered the Velisca house, uh, something like that, where this energy was imprinted on a location and that's why it's supposedly haunted. Uh, you could go as far to even include something like the Sally house, which I'll tell you what, uh, that came up a lot when I was like looking up things about this. Yeah. And I think, I know we've covered that before. I think that might be, uh, or might have to be one of our second redo episodes because there is, so much interesting stuff about that that like continues to come out now. We don't even have to do a redo. We could just do a little add-on because it it Part is two years later. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, it's know, something we'll have to come to at some point because there there's a lot of connections here, especially with the I guess for lack of a better term the strength of the hauntings because uh, they're very intense. It's not your Oh no! This book moved. Or, oh, my chair was pushed in. It's like no, yeah. This story, even in particular, like Black Monk, that this one's insane. Yeah, it's pretty. There's brutal. some crazy shit. It's wild. But so the first incident of like crazy shit going on, it occurred on September first. Whose birthday is that, Grant? Whose birthday is it? It's mine. It is your birthday. That's my birthday and Griffin's. Strangely enough, ah, fuck that guy. But anyway. Uh, so the first incident occurred just on kidding. September first. Fr- yeah, sure, you. just kidding. It occurred on September first. The Pritchard family was gone on vacation, aside from Philip, the fifteen-year-old uh, son, who stayed behind with his grandmother Sarah. So Philip, uh, he was apparently running around town with his friends while his grandma was, uh, you know, home just knitting. She was having a good time. Uh, when Philip, what, f- what a funny way to describe knitting. She was having a ball. <laughs> she was just knitting. making a time of it. Just knitting in the corner all by herself. Damn right, dude. Loving every minute of it. It's like cooking. You got an end product. You're like, I did this. That is true. It's like the whole process sucks, but then as soon as it's done, you're like, 
that sense of accomplishment like, is unmatched. Yeah, motherfucker. It <laughs> this is, is awesome. It's unmatched. Yeah. So uh, when Philip returned home, he experienced a breeze of cool air outside just before entering the door, despite the very warm weather outside, because, you know, it was September. It's uh, a little, I'm imagining it's a little muggy. I don't know that. If you guys are in London or in that area, in the English uh, areas, you know. Yeah, we make a lot of fog jokes. Is that true? I imagine it's foggy, and for for that particular you know, like, reason. like, fog breather is like a... It's like a name you could call him. All I know is that that leads me to believe that it's extremely humid. So if I'm incorrect about that, let me know. But uh, and they got I, all those wool suits. No. Yeah, I bet awful. you. I bet you it's a hot, moist summer that you guys have out there. <laughs> and I empathize because that's exactly what we have here. So it's yeah, fine. right now at least. But so yeah, I you felt that cold spot even outside in the warm weather when he entered the home. He witnessed a strange uh, white flakiness raining down on his grandma. So he pointed it out to her, and the two, more confused than anything else, because it wasn't coming from the ceiling. He he made a point to check that. He saw that it was coming from just, like, about five feet off the ground, just materializing and falling down on his grandmother. Yeah, absolutely. And it and that, that story specifically with the white dust or whatever you might want to call it, uh, it is corroborated because uh, they were sort of, not I wouldn't say panicked, but they were very curious. And uh, they actually went and got one of their neighbors. And the neighbor came over and they witnessed it too. And they were like, I, I don't know what yeah. I'm seeing. I don't know what I'm seeing. Because obviously, you know, you think you're sitting down. If something's falling on you from above you know, maybe there's something in the ceiling, maybe the drywall or there's some type of insulation that's falling through. Yeah. Uh, but not when it's manifested in the middle of the air. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. And something that uh, maybe a reason that they were so comfortable going over to their neighbor's house and asking for corroboration, the neighbor was uh, was Sarah's daughter. It was yeah. the aunt. The, old, the entire family was kind of living on the same street. They were all, like, very close. Auntie. But, yeah, so uh, in... The neighbor's name, uh, Marie. So that was uh, Sarah's Damn it, daughter. Marie. They're Damn minerals. Marie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he pointed it out to her, and the two went over to Marie's house. And Marie came over and saw the mess of white all over the room, you know, and she quickly went off to the kitchen to get a rag to clean it up. But she nearly slipped in a pool of water that was starting to form in the kitchen. Ooh. Right? And multiple perfectly circular pools of water began forming in the kitchen. And just as this was, like, discovered, a loud bang, a uh, banging noise, could be heard from upstairs. It was at this point that the neighbor uh, that the family shared the wall with uh, came around to see what the uh, commotion was, right? The neighbor, uh, the neighbor then turned the water off because they're just like, you know, there's all this fucking water everywhere. I'm going to turn it off. So they turned off the water, but this did not stop the pools of water from appearing somehow. And uh, the family figured it must have been, like, a broken pipe or, like, a leak or some, something like that. But upon hiring a repairman to check all the pipes, uh, he told them that there was no problem at all. No leaks, no nothing. Uh, and the pools of water didn't even stop forming as he was checking all the pipes and shit. They were just appearing, manifesting. Perfectly circular. There was no, like, spillage. It yeah, wasn't no, dripping from the ceiling. No, They uh, would just appear. No particular reason for any of it. It's just... Sort of there. I would be concerned about that. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And then they just disappeared about an hour later. 
So that same night, around 7 p.m., uh, the pools returned. Because, you know, they were sopping them up, but they, they would disappear. They came back. And this time, they were accompanied by cutlery and pans uh, around the kitchen, sort of like jostling and shaking. Easy bake oven style in the kitchen on the floor with no reason. That's what I'm Were getting. Are playing Clue right now? Sort of. It, they got like pots and knives and cutlery, and then there's just like puddles of water. What are they doing? They're playing. They're playing house. <laughs> it, oh, you're right. It is a house. The ghost is playing house. So that, I know the ghost has a name too, and I, I'm just not going to say. Oh no, yeah, we'll get to that. It, it, it comes. It comes. But yeah, they they were playing house because also the cupboards and the chairs they began doing the same thing. They were just vibrating, just shaking. And in the midst of all this, uh, Sarah and Philip witnessed their tea dispenser pressing in and out all on its own, spilling tea everywhere in a uh, consistent pulsing until it was empty. How mildly not that, that frustrating is that? It's just kind of like, what the fuck I'm, is happening? I mean, comparatively, that's like nothing. I would much rather take that than like weird puddles and shit being on the floor, dust coming out of the air. Yeah. Yeah. I, and honestly, it's I like you're just wasting tea. The cool breeze. We did that as a, a country. The cool breeze on a hot day. That sounds nice. That is actually quite nice. I would like that. Yeah, see, it's kind of refreshing. Uh, I know, like, today it's really hot, and being outside, it's like, oh, it's hot. But if there was a nice, cool wind that just only affected me, I wouldn't be upset. Very welcome. Very welcome, yes. But, you know, it's a, we're saying it's good. Sarah did not agree. She screamed, stop it. All right, she was very frightened. She screamed, stop it. And right as that happened, a loud crash came from the hallway behind the kitchen door, and Philip and Sarah investigated, slowly opening the door, right, uh, only to find a silent hallway with the lights flickering on and off. Isn't that spooky? And upon further investigation, they discovered that the potted plant that was usually sitting at the foot of the stairs was now halfway up the stairs without the pot, and the pot was at the top of the stairs. So just some light gardening with this ghost. Yeah, and just kind of mix mismatching, you know, just like that's not right at all. Throwing shit around and just kind of like, oh, this maybe this one will upset him. I don't know, maybe it won't, but let's try. Who knows? knows? So yeah, they they found that potted plant all askew, and the uh, cupboard and the cutlery in the other room began shaking again, but this time more vigorously. Okay, but when uh, Sarah opened the door to re-enter the kitchen, it all stopped. So it's it's just fucking with them. They're just they're just pawns in the game. Uh, immediately after the crash was heard, and uh, immediately after that, a crash was heard, and Sarah again went to uh, the daughter Marie across the street. Right, Marie entered the kitchen and was met with the same violent shaking and banging of furniture, and both Sarah and Marie experienced a sudden chill in the air. So these sudden chills are are still coming back. Scariness scariness up the wazoo <laughs> no you're right uh so marie went to the neighbor's door to see if they were responsible for the banging because it seemed it was like intense it seemed like someone was trying to like get out of walls like they were trapped in the furniture and the walls everything was crazy so they went over to the neighbor's house to see if they were responsible for it they claimed that they thought it was coming from the pritchard's home so they're just like i thought it was you Anyway, uh, Marie, Sarah, and Philip all sat talking about the strange phenomenon until about like 9.30 that night. At which point, uh, because it had died down, they were just talking at 9.30. And that's when Marie went back to her home across the street. And then Sarah locked up the house and turned off all the lights. But when she went to Philip's door, 
uh, you know, to wish him good night and be like, you know, whatever. I'm your grandma, hey. Uh, a heavy chest of drawers started swaying back and forth, and, like, the the drawers started banging out like someone was inside of them. Kind of like in The Conjuring 2, in that scene, that probably didn't happen in that particular story. I don't know, man. That's the vibe I'm getting here. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. It was, I, it'd be frightening, to say the least. Uh, alarming, yes. Now, if you have some nice clothes, <laughs> all these things that would make it worse. But I will say this: it makes laundry day a bit easier when it just keeps opening and shutting. You know what? You're right. Because you get you got to get the timing right, and you can just toss it right in. You don't have to do all that labor. My easy God, peasy, Grant. fucking clothes are put away. Easy. <laughs> there you go. That Never was... heard a glass more half full. Mm-hmm. You got to keep it that way. If you're being haunted, the least you could do is make it useful for your day-to-day. I mean, if you don't, if you make it a nuisance, that, that just makes life miserable. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta take it in stride and kind of make it work for you, you know? You know, this is all very uh, inspiring, but Sarah had had enough at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can believe she, that. Uh, Sarah and, uh, and Philip packed up a few essentials, you know, and they went to their neighbor's house, Marie's house, uh, for the night out of fear for their lives. So, uh, the next morning... However, they went to a neighbor's house, uh, Mr. O'Donnell. He was kind of known around town as, like, the uh, ghost expert. Oh, okay, so that's yeah, fun. he's one of those. Yeah, every town has one, right? Uh, so he uh, he then came to the home and immediately recognized the descriptions of what had happened as poltergeist activity. I say descriptions because all the phenomena had stopped at this point. It was the next day, new day, everything's great. And uh, so, however, as Mr. O'Donnell was leaving, he did mention that oftentimes in poltergeist cases, the entity tends to screw up, uh, you know, like photographs, like screw around with them in the house. And just as he said this, as he was walking out the door, a crash was heard upstairs uh, that turned out to be the Pritchett's framed uh, wedding photo shattered to the ground. Okay. Not only did the glass break, but the photo appeared to be cut up as if it was like with a knife, like someone was was hacking at it. That was not the image that you just projected in real life. You were just, someone's hacking it. Someone's hacking. Yeah, you're hacking something over there. It ain't a knife, though, I'll tell you that. There's a lot of hand motions that could be misconstrued in this this episode. But we'll get to those. So by the time the rest of the Pritchard family uh, returned, the strange occurrences had completely ceased. And strangely enough, uh, they wouldn't reappear for two whole years after this. So this this was just one crazy night in in fucking Pontefract. Yeah, and this is this is something that I find extremely interesting and different than other stories. I know we've talked about this before. How they uh, certain people try to claim that maybe poltergeist activity has something to do with uh, young females, typically preteens, maybe a little bit younger, uh, having to deal with hormones. Yeah, and going through puberty, basically. The changes that puberty brings can manipulate the energy surrounding uh, the individual. Um, but what makes this one so weird is that it's almost entirely centered around the sun. It it started with him, and it, it's affecting everyone in the house, obviously, but it all kind of began with him, and that's very different. It's very, yeah. very I mean, rarely he, is it a male. He was going through puberty at the time. You know, he was like 
just turning 15, he was he was a growing boy. But yeah. so that might have had something to do with like the because, like you said, it does kind of come around in like prepubescent years, and like going through puberty often sparks these kinds of things. I just find it very interesting that uh, it's it, at least in the. I would argue that the majority of cases, it's not males; it's females. That yeah, no, for sure. And and we'll see the the kind of the telescope switch to diane here oh yeah she gets her go at it too it's just it's it's very weird i don't really know another way to put it because it doesn't kind of follow those systematic tropes that you see in these other stories even einfield that one it's centered around uh what was her name janet yeah uh yeah the young girl and they kind of use that to explain, like, oh, maybe it was puberty, you know, some type of subconscious energy with hormone shift. Yeah. And this so is many a completely stories. different story. It's a yeah. completely different gender of person. And it's not that men can't be affected by ghosts or poltergeists. It's just they're they're not the standard, I would say. Yeah. No, that is a very unique part of this case. Uh, so it and it disappeared for two years. So isn't that just like crazy? the Bell Witch? Just like the Bell. Oh my God, you're right. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. that's crazy. But when it came back, the paranormal activity began again. Okay, and uh, with it, it brought bangs and noises and electricity. Weirdness with electricity. All right, uh, lights and appliances. Somebody call Mitch. Somebody, Somebody call, call Mitch, him. the electrician. So lights and appliances would turn on and off on their own, uh, but things really ramped up one day. When the walls started oozing green, green slime. slime. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no. But, uh, so, yeah, it was it was some weirdness with the electricity. Another weird thing that I, I found out about the electricity specifically, during the year that this first, like, reoccurred and was happening pretty consistently, apparently they were only charged for about half of the electricity that they normally were. Like charged so they just for didn't it. pay the bill. They're so like, We're I, being yeah, and they like brought it to like the the county or whatever, like whoever's in charge of the electricity there, and they were like, "Hey, uh, we don't know if this was like a mistake or something, but they were like, no, it says it on the meter." We're just like, "Oh shit!" So I guess the ghost is helping out with bills. And see now, what what's funny to me is that I would almost argue that if in a haunting scenario that's going to affect some type of electrical work, you think it would almost go the other way. Yeah, it would cause and it would just fry turn on a bunch of shit and, that, and like use use an abundance of energy. Yeah. But the fact that it does the opposite, that that's strange just to me personally as an observer. Uh it it's certainly not what you would expect from a haunting. No, to save so. on your utility bill. But you like, know what? I just wouldn't guess that. Yeah. But with the savings came a price, all right? So uh, things really ramped up one day when Jean, the mother, uh, she found <clears throat> her daughter Diane's bedspread at the bottom of the stairs. Isn't that annoying? So she took it back up to Diane's room, and then she heard a crash. And she came back only to find that Philip's bedspread was now in the same place that she had just found Diane's. And not only that, but there was uh, the aforementioned potted plant. It had been corrected, and like it was back in the pot and everything. Well, now it's shattered next to uh, Philip's stuff. That's a lot of movement. That is a lot of movement, and it's very quickly, you know. 
So uh, that night, she got up from the bed uh, for some reason. You know, get water, go to the bathroom, whatever. Uh, and she felt a sudden chill in the air on the landing of the staircase, right? So uh, up up top there. And when suddenly a paintbrush and a bucket uh, that the family was using to replace wallpaper flew right at her. And she was hit with the with the paintbrush. And then the, the, uh, the friggin' bucket came. She ducked, evasive maneuver. And uh, she looked up after she ducked down only to see a long strip of wallpaper standing straight up and giving the appearance of a snake ready to strike. So we have living wallpaper. Yeah, that... See, now that is very weird. And I know the very, very, very skeptical answer would be that it's around some type of fan or uh, air conditioning vent or heating vent... Whatever the case may be, uh, that is that's not true. Cast that thought out. It, it, it this is, thing was going to strike like a cobra. In the actual design and layout and functionality of the home, uh, there is nothing in that area that would be able to affect the wallpaper, at least on that particular part of the wall. So yeah. it's not that it it ripped and was kind of just you know wacky, waving inflatable tube man well, thing. Yeah. It wasn't doing one of those. There, there was no source of air or wind that could allow that to happen. No, yeah, this is definitely a ghost. So what does Jean do? She grabs it. She grabs this thing. But, uh, but you know, just as she did, a carpet sweeper began levitating and swinging wildly in the air. So there's just a bunch of floating shit. Things are getting thrown around. It's insane. So uh, Jean then crawled back into her room and slammed the door while screaming. And this woke up the kids who came out to of their rooms, you know, to investigate, and they were berated by the floating paint supplies. But this is kind of fun because it never hurt. It didn't hurt. It was just kind of like a, you know, little pats. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of like little love pats. Like, hey, how are you? That's something that will continue uh, later on as well, where these things that seemingly might cause pain or discomfort, they don't. Uh, they're they're happening, but they don't really have any side effects to them. It's super weird, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I that ghost or not, I can't explain that one. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> have an idea. I and, don't even know where to begin. And so this is kind of where we see the uh, the attention shift uh, to Diane. All right, so the ghost then ripped down the curtain rod from the wall in Diane's room and threw it out the window. <laughs> That's just <All> right? rude. <laughs> yeah, and so Joe, the father. Uh, then slammed the door to Diane's room, and when Diane went to open it again, Joe yelled at her not to touch it. And after that, a single hard thud hit the door from the other side, almost to say, "Like, get in here, you know, like what? Get what it over here, get over here." <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, as time went on, a plethora of strange things began happening around the house uh, on, a, on like a daily basis. Here's a here's a rapid fire. Uh, the pools of water would return. The furniture would shake and rattle. A green foam uh, started coming out of the faucets, just kind of leaking out of the faucets. Isn't that gross? And then scents would waft through the house suddenly, uh, both pleasant and unpleasant. Sort of weird. Disembodied noises came uh, to be heard at random points, such as heavy breathing and even barnyard noises toward the end, like cows. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't that something? It's fucking weird. Uh, So doors would swing open and slam shut on their own. Framed photos and furniture, uh, they would be found smashed and broken and appear as though 
Someone took knives to him. Bunch of stuff. Just all day. All day these people are experiencing this. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I want to rewind it just for a second here. Uh, these puddles of water that keep appearing. Uh, it, again, another thing just to just for you to chew on, okay? Chew it. Uh, you can, you know, however you decide to think that occurred. Uh, the family plumbers came to the home. Yeah. To investigate these mysterious puddles, and there were no leaky pipes, there were no main breaks, there were no pipe breaks or cracks, nothing. There was nothing yeah. around the area of these puddles that could lead to some type of water seepage. Yeah, like I mentioned before, like they came, there's like there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And even while they were there checking it, they were just started to form. Like yeah, they were it's, just forming. It's a very common thing that things that you might think have simple answers. Uh, were looked at to see if those were the right answer, and they just weren't. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. But despite all these things happening regularly, uh, the Pritchard family didn't even, like, once entertain the idea of moving. They were just like, no, this is, like, where we live. This is just what it is. And uh, instead of moving, they uh, they kind of took to naming the ghost. And you, I know you know the name. I know both of them, and I'm interested because they're both fun. Well, first... One's better than the other. Yeah, though. one is way better than the other. We'll let you decide. First, it was a very short period that he had this name, but uh, Mr. Nobody. Yeah. Isn't that a fun name? That's my personal favorite. Yeah, I, I like that one, but then they, they went on to just start calling him Fred. Yeah. And I, I can't help but think... I have no way to back this information up, but I, I really think that that was, that was the kids doing. Probably. More specifically, the son, because he's cool with it now that it's done with him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, and yeah, he's like, all right, let's roommate. have some fun here. Like, let's make. He's doing my thing. He's like, well, let's make it work for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, this is just a testament to how like lighthearted they kind of were about it. Like, they would see shit happen. They're like, oh, Fred again. You know, like they were they were kind of lackadaisical about the whole thing. Uh, I don't know why or how, but okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, because even though all the scary, all of it was scary at first, they realized that like no harm really was ever done to them physically. Like even when they would get hit with things like tossed through the air, like I said, it was kind of like love taps. It wasn't. Uh, it would never hurt them. Uh, a crazier example of this would be uh, the time that Diane suddenly became surrounded by pieces of furniture in her uh, in her room. And they were seeming to like move on their own, so the furniture continued to encroach until it uh, they were like piled on top of her. Like she had a full fucking like dresser, a wardrobe, a sewing machine, all on top of her, and she was struggling to get free. But the moment that she relaxed, all the furniture just returned to their normal spots in the room. And she and yeah. like she had all the shit piled on top of her. She didn't even have a scrape. She didn't have a bruise. She was completely fine. Yeah, and that super weird. That I think is to me that's one of the biggest question marks of this whole story. If as we said in the beginning, if you are to just take the story at face value and believe it and listen to them and hear their side of the story, in what world either that be reality or supernatural, uh what world does that make sense that you could be essentially attacked by very heavy very large objects and just have no nothing no no, no yeah. completely no one could fine. even tell you by looking at you that that had happened to you they would have no idea yeah 
Yeah. No, it's weird. Diane was oftentimes a target of like the more intense pers- uh, paranormal activity. For example, on four occasions, uh, Diane was thrown from her bed in the middle of the night while she was sleeping, and her mattress would flip high in the air and land on her. That oh. happened just four separate times. Yeah, that's not great. Isn't that awful? Some other funny things that would happen. Uh, plates of food would be thrown, and then when they were cleaned up, it was found that there were enormous bites taken out of whatever food it was. So that's kind of fun. The ghost of Scooby and Shaggy. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Rolls reversed. I like it. And then uh, what else would happen? The lights would suddenly be turned off, including when guests uh, would come over, you know. Got to save that bill, though. Got to save the bill. So the lights would just go off. Didn't See? even matter who was there. And then uh, they would turn back on only to reveal that all the furniture in the room had been flipped and thrown about. Not cool, man. Yeah. Not cool. Not, I don't like you're that. You're just making messes. See, I'm thinking the, this ghost was kind of looking out for the the welfare and mental health of the family. I, I finally figured out why he decided to make the electricity bill go down. Because he knew they'd need some type of counseling. And the only way they were <laughs> able to afford that is if one of their bills was little to you zero. Know, that's really good consideration on Fred's part. Yeah, I mean, you think that's about awesome. What did I, you gotta Thanks, spin it. Friends. You gotta spin it. I should yeah. be a motivational speaker. No, you should. You're just I like, can spin the worst situation into something good. Yeah, yeah. That's just how it goes. You just have <laughs> Even to. Even when people are like, no, that's still bad. You're like, don't you get it? You're wrong. It's, it's a, awesome. You gotta look at it. It's yeah. healthy. They had fun. They got scared. It's like an amusement park in their own home. And the ghost is essentially paying for their own counseling. And it's he doesn't true. even have access to real human money. It is as true. far as I know. I mean, he he knows how the system works. Obviously, he's he's flipping the uh, the meter. Yeah, he gets it. You know, it. he's 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 adjusting. Which I think is funny because I never really understood that. If we are to take this story at face value, this monk uh, lived a long time ago before oh, yeah. before the invention of reading meters, gas meters, electricity <laughs> meters. He's learning. He's Yet, going to spirit school. In the in the afterlife. Just theology. He was able in, in to figure realm. out how to manipulate the input of electricity into a home in order to save money. These are all things that he was probably completely he literally He's got tangential thinking. It's great. It's he's amazing. He is hyper aware of his situation and yeah. I find that it's almost as if when you die, you like these ghosts or poltergeists, whatever you want to call them, they all kind of know, I guess, universal truths, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Some sort Reading of. Reading electricity meters. Like the collective unconscious. Truth. It's like they just know everything that they need to know yeah. to be a ghost, you know? That's awesome. I want to know that. At stuff. least, I should say, to be a successful ghost. Yeah. No, this is very successful. I'm about to tell two I think of, I think, my favorite stories from this case. Bust them out. All right. So given that these things often occurred seemingly without care for who was around uh, to see them, you know, uh, word got out of the Pritchard's haunted house. So uh, the newspapers began publishing stories about it. This sparked a family member, Joe's sister, Maud, to come, uh, you know, see the ghost house for herself. Because she was a very religious person, and she thought, all these stories are ridiculous, you're all just doing this for, like, attention. Fuck you, my family, I hate you. You know, this is the kind of person she was. But she was religious. So, on the first night that she was there, so she just got there, she was sitting there in the kitchen with Joe, she was uh, telling him her opinions on the whole thing, 
Suddenly the lights go out. All right. Not super weird, no but the bueno. lights go out. No es bueno. Yeah. So Maud got angry at this. She thought it was like one of the kids doing it, and she was like, what the fuck? But that's when the door of the fridge was violently ripped open. A jug of milk uh, from inside floated out and was poured all over Maud's head. That's classic. So just a floating thing of milk pouring a out on Maud's A floating Three Stooges bit all right? happening in the kitchen. <laughs> it's very, like, slapsticky. But, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then... Maud's gloves that were sitting on the table, they were just lying there. They started levitating into the air and appeared as though an invisible individual uh, was wearing them and waving their hands wildly in front of her face. Okay. Isn't that fun? Jazz hands. Jazz hands. So the gloves then disappeared. They didn't fit. They they disappeared. They didn't fit. You know, you got to quit it. But, um, uh, yeah, they, they disappeared, and then a loud crash was heard upstairs. And the family ran to investigate, and they found the gloves floating there. They just appeared upstairs. And uh, one of the gloves was shaking vigorously in a fist. This is the this is the hand motion I was talking about. Yeah! <laughs> that was one of the gloves, but the other glove was, like, doing, like, a beckoning finger, like, come hither sort of... You That's know, a little spooky. One of those. I won't deny. Yeah, Maud was incredibly frightened by all of this. And she began to sing Onward Christian Soldiers to herself, but okay. out loud, you know. And uh, right when she started doing this, the gloves began uh, appearing to like conduct her in time of the song she was singing. I don't know how that song goes, but that is the best thing I've ever read. So, uh, yeah, Maud ran out of the house. She was She was terrified. Again, who gets the opportunity to have a conductor in their home? Right. Not many people. You either got to have a lot of money or a lot of talent. Dude, Fred's like making things disappear and reappear in other places in the house. It's insane. That actually ties into this next story that's amazing. So one day, (laughs) one day an egg, all right, it was just an egg. Just a little egg. It floated into the room where the Pritchards were. It wasn't the kitchen. It floated in there. It fell to the ground exploded, and gave off the scent of flowers. Yeah, I mean, that does not happen typically. It doesn't usually happen. That's not what that smells like. I am not saying that it's impossible, but I'm saying it's improbable. Yeah. Okay. And Jean, I mean, she was always very uh, tidy. She wanted everything to be clean. So whenever these, like, messes came about, she was, like, pissed. Yeah, I could believe that. So Jean, seeing that there was another egg floating into the room, she was like, I know what's going to happen. I know... Uh, she got irritated, and she went to the kitchen, put all of the eggs from the fridge into a wooden box, and sat on the lid to ensure that there would be like no more mess. And despite this, eggs just began appearing in front of her face and exploding with the same like flowery scent. Yeah, all right, that's not good. This happened like two or three more times, and then she got pissed. She was like, "I'm going to look in the box. I have to look in the box. I'm sitting on." And all the eggs were gone. So he's just he's just doing magic tricks. And I mean, it's fucking insane. See that—that's not even magic. That's quite literally. I think it's called dematerialization. It's like apportation. It's—it's crazy. That is literally taking something, making it disappear from the actual world we live in, only to have it reappear somewhere else. Somewhere else, and explode, smelling like flower eggs. That is 
again, that is that's beyond magic. This is that's, not something that normal poltergeists or ghosts can do. It's no. just like <laughs> poltergeists they do a lot of these things, but they do not dematerialize things. No. And they no. tip I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that I it's I don't know what they do. It's rare that a poltergeist happens, disappears, and then returns in the same fashion. Yeah. Uh oh yeah. Oh my god. It, it, that's very different. That's not something that happens all the time. Not at all, no. But so, just based on all these stories, you can tell this was insane. Their day-to-day lives were just chaos. And uh, as things kind of ramped up, you know, uh, he started showing himself, this black monk of Pontefract. This is where he gets the name. Yeah, it is. Uh, he would just appear as a dark figure. I think he first appeared to uh, Jean, actually, the mother. Oh yeah, and it was uh, the mother and the father as yeah. they were uh, as they were dozing. Yeah, so they were they were like in their bedroom, and the door just kind of swished open, and there was just a black figure. Yeah, just standing in their doorway, and then when they turned on the light, it it disappeared. Yeah, so they're like, oh my god, it's Fred. Now, this happened on a much 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 lighter scale in the neighbor's home, the sister. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it th- that's kind of something I mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, the activity seemed to transport from home to home uh, because she was actually uh, she witnessed the apparition I guess you'd call it of the black monk. Mm-hmm. Um, she was washing her dishes when uh, similar to the beginning of the story she felt a cool breeze kind of roll in just like a nice yeah waft. nice cool AC and. Uh, as she turned around, there was the apparition of a black monk. Uh, she could not see the face the way he was positioned, but he did have, the, you know how monks have, like, the hoods? Yeah. The hood was over his head, so I'm kind of picturing it like a, like an Assassin's Creed character where they put the hood on, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. That's, what, that's the image I'm getting. That's always kind of what I pictured it as, too, yeah. Yeah. And uh, word... Word spread fast, obviously, about yeah, this story. Yeah, kind of the whole town was in on this story with witnessing it. And yeah, like, because... Uh, neighbors could hear all the banging and all that stuff. Like, it was affecting the whole town. Apparently, like, the house itself, towards the end, was, like, glowing. Like, if you drove by it at night, there was, like, a weird energy surrounding it that sort of made it, like, luminous. That's strange. I've not, Isn't that I've crazy? I've not across that. Uh, the one thing I did, which I found interesting, was that uh, they had a big pane, uh, glass pane window in the home, mm-hmm. and uh, they were positioned right across the street from a bus stop. So this led pretty much most people in the town uh, to have, you know, say that they've had their own experiences seeing things or hearing things about, because everyone's there. People that use this bus yeah. Front row view. are able to see what's going on. So the word traveled really quickly. I mean, we were talking like local politicians, clergymen, businessmen, people, all walks of life. Dude, the mayor showed up to their mm-hmm. house and was like, and that was kind of another thing about Freddie. He was kind of like a scoundrel. Because anytime, like I said, Mr. O'Donnell, like he mentioned like, yeah, sometimes this happens and it immediately happened. Oh, like, yeah. with the mayor, he went to their house, and he was like, I'm surprised you didn't fuck up the grandfather clock. And then it just, like, fell over. Yeah, see, like, that is weird. It's like, just Fred is just being a dick. I um, 
I think what's interesting about this, I mean, there's all uh, multiple things. I mean, the fact that it's going between two different locations, uh, it's kind of, in a weird way, it's not picking one person to focus on. No, it seems to be the family. Yeah, it's it's more so just kind of going after everyone involved. Yeah. Um, And then the big thing kind of comes with the history of the story, and that would be that there was never a traditional investigation. Uh, in most... Strangely enough. In yeah. most of these larger-scale stories, uh, Einfield being one... Uh, the Sally House being another. There's researchers or people, supposed experts, if you are to believe that, that are invited in to conduct research and gather data and kind of formulate answers. Yeah, even okay. if they're not invited, a lot of them just show up and like right. ask to come in. This uh, did not happen until much later, once the activity had ceased, and again, out of nowhere, it just stopped one day, and it kind of never came back. I mean, uh, I've heard stories, I don't know if this is true, that say on occasion certain things would happen uh, to the family members, but I think a lot of this, uh, it's been chalked up to like PTSD, things of that nature, some type of physical reaction to maybe, you know, you forgot where you put your keys and you saw them here, but then that takes you back to that moment where, like, something was gone and then it yeah. appeared somewhere else. So now you're back in this fear mode that makes you feel that this is what's happening. No, yeah, that makes sense. I don't I don't did, necessarily know if that's true. Did you, like, come across any, like, possible uh, reasons that it stopped? Because I had one that seems a bit stupid, but the, other than that, there wasn't any, like, obvious reason that the haunting stopped. It's hit or miss. Uh, a lot of it has to deal with religion, uh, exorcisms, things like that, house cleansings. Yeah. Well, they did, they invited, like, a uh, like a bishop in to mm-hmm. do an exorcism, but he basically said, like, honestly, like, this, it doesn't work for poltergeists very, like, oftentimes. And, Which makes sense. Yeah, and he like sprinkled holy water everywhere, but apparently, like Fred made the holy water then like leak from the, the like walls, I guess. Kind of like the and, Gary house. Yeah, pretty much. And it was only after that that like Fred started to actually have like religious iconography like happening with his like antics. You know, yeah. like there was uh, I think there was like gold paint where he like inverted a bunch of crosses. That were all like yeah, perfectly he, painted. Yeah, they were on. painted on the wall. Yeah, and things. super weird. It yeah, there's there's really no clear answer. It kind of just seems pretty. Mo- I mean, similar to a lot of these stories, it just as quick as it appears, it just is gone. Yeah. And there's no you don't really get to, you don't get time to ask questions. So yeah. it's not you're going to find out. The one explanation that I came across that I think is stupid is that Joe, like the father, his friend was just like, yeah, just uh, get a bunch of garlic. No, that and is, he bought a shit ton of garlic, and it stopped. That is that <laughs> like, is something that happened. They, I was like, I don't know if that they hung garlic the throughout the house, uh, and that it, that is actual a fact. Uh, supposedly, the activity slowed down and then halted after that. So, I I mean, I guess they can connect it to that. It, it's really a personal thing. Yeah. However, Fred's got no taste, no flavor. However, they feel, uh, whatever they feel worked. That's what worked because no yep. one, no one else can tell you otherwise besides them. Um, the one thing I want to talk about this is it's not particularly related to this, but I think it 
it ties into this. There is this thing going around, uh, and it, I mean, it's been going around forever since the late 60s and 70s when, you know, The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby and things like that, where these hauntings, uh, they're talked about as demonic. Yeah, they're all kind of associated with, like, Abrahamic religious yeah. things. Um, and if you watch shows like Ghost Adventures, things like that, they always are very easily, they're, they're evil energy or they're bad energy. Yeah. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of reading just about sort of like the scientific approach to ghost hunting lately and kind of what they do. And they raised a good point and they said, it's, it's really unfair to label, uh, paranormal activity as good or bad or positive or negative because the way they said it was essentially, you know, you need to believe that. If no matter where this energy comes from, it's some type of energy that is on this planet, in this reality, in this dimension, and it's it's stuck. It it can't leave. It doesn't particularly want to be here. It's not someone. Even if a ghost is haunting the house they grew up in, the ghost isn't living their regular life. You know, they're stuck in this house. No, I can't imagine ghost life is regular life. Exactly. So you know? it's like they're trapped. They. They're probably, essentially, they're a bit crabby. I feel like a lot of people bring in, like, the evilness and, like, the religion to it because they're just like, oh, well, why are they still here? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, like, why didn't they go to the place I think they go, you know? So and that's the, probably a lot having to do with, like, religion. And the point that they kind of raise is that, like, it's, they're every, now I'm not saying that there can't be, bad or positive energy because i'm sure there is i'm sure there's cases out there of things that are just pure one thing or the other yeah but in 97 percent of cases i'll even go as far as to give the other two 1.5 percent each okay i'm giving i'm being generous there what are we talking about percentage in 97 percent of paranormal activity cases it is some form of neutral energy that is interpreted as good or bad. Yeah, because, I mean, shit floating around and doing stuff on its own is scary. And people are obviously going to, like, tack on negative thoughts to that. They're exactly. It's like, it's trying to scare me. It's exactly. like, you know, approaching a snake. It's like, that thing's way more afraid of you than you are of it. So even now, I, I, will, I could understand this. In the Black Monk of Pontefract story, uh, the two instances I would give would be the dresser story... And the one where the daughter was dragged up the stairs. Now, these yeah. two, obviously, yes, they lean more towards bad things because those, in any reality, are not positive. Yeah, the one where she was, where Diane was dragged up the stairs, I don't think we mentioned that one. Her, uh, so the mother, Jean, she heard, like, the lights went out. The mother, Jean, heard Diane screaming and she went to investigate and she saw Diane being dragged up the stairs. It's It looked as if there was, like, a hand clenching her throat and her uh, shirt was being pulled up as if she was being pulled by that. Uh-huh. And uh, after that, apparently they gave her a tall glass of brandy, even though it. she was a child. And uh, <laughs> but uh, and like some finger marks were actually starting to form on her uh, uh-huh. her neck there. So that's that's the only time that Fred was actually like Violent. frighteningly violent. Yeah, and. 
again, this kind of goes back to how I started this conversation. It It's hard to say that this energy is negative because we don't get the opportunity to see it from the perspective of the other side. Yeah. So even a situation like this, obviously that's not acceptable behavior on planet Earth. You don't grab people by the throat and drag them where you want them to be. You just don't do that. No, yeah, you can just ask them to go there. But there's the same with the real world. Even in true crime, that's probably the best example we could give. There's always two sides to every story. There's always the bad person that everyone sees as bad. It's their side. And the more you can understand that side, the more it becomes a lesson as opposed to a threat. Yeah, that's kind of why we have this whole show. Yeah. Is to look at that side of these kinds of things and be like, well, what, uh, what, what what's all, what's all, what's this all about? Right. You know, what, uh, what's going on? And I mean, I think the best way to put it is, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be a ghost, but I'm just going to, we'll all figure I'm it out I'm going at some to point. do my best and explain this. Picture yourself in the location that you find yourself most comfortable, whether that be, you know, your home, whatever it may be. My van. Now picture that, but you are stuck there. And you it's yours. Like you still have that memory and Man, that the feeling. Seats fold in, in my van. I got space for days. Okay, okay, perfect. So you're in that van. But now somebody else buys that van and they're using it. How no, that's not allowed. I'm gonna be pissed. You're stuck in there. You can't leave that van. They can't see you. You can't speak to them or interact with them, but you're there. I'm going to give them so many car troubles. Exactly. leak the gas. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's an evil energy. It's just the only way humans are going to get a reaction is by something negative. Yeah. If a ghost baked you a cake, sure, you'd be concerned, but you probably would eat it and just be like, that was so lovely. Yeah, I'm not just going to leave fresh baked goods on the passenger seat for the new owner. I'm just going to be like, uh, here's a thumbtack for you. Exactly, you know? but if they shatter a potted plant, you're going to start asking some questions. You're going to start being a little more freaked out. I feel like Fred just wanted him to get out. He was like, you know what? I've tried being nice. But oh, yeah. you guys won't fucking leave. <laughs> the Pritchers were resilient, dude. No, you are 100% they, right. Yeah, it was crazy. And, I mean, to be honest, that's that's really the end of the Black Monk. That's it. Pontifrax it just stopped story. one day. It yeah. kind of came out of nowhere, and I think that was a good time to explain some of the more uh, technical research that goes behind it because I'm not saying you have to side with the ghost. That's not my opinion. But it's easy to look at the surface level of the story and say, well, it's not a poltergeist. It's some sort of demonic entity. It's like, no, there's a difference between good, bad, and evil. Yeah. Their bad is not equated with the devil. Bad is unfortunate. The devil, or if you believe in that, you know, the devil, things like that, pure evil is not minor inconveniences and and frightening things. Yeah. It's literally the worst imaginable thing on the planet. Yeah. So there's no way It'll, you could throw that, in. oh, it's a demonic possession. It's like, well, that doesn't I mean, necessarily make sense. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but it could be a subjective truth of somebody. And really, that just is more detrimental to you as the individual believing that and not like opening your mind up to other possibilities of what it could be or what the intentions of it could be. Right. You know? So it's really just, it's up to you how you look at it. 
but isn't it just better to kind of look at it this way? Yeah, I mean, just kind of take it all in. Just like maybe take it all in. Maybe we have some empathy for this guy. You never know. Unless he was indeed a rapist monk, or his brother. Fuck that. Fuck both of them. Well, with that being said, that is effectively our episode yeah, on the black, the black monk of Pontefract, and we—it's been so long since we've done a ghost story that I know. it felt very good to get back into the the paranormal, the supernatural. I, I ghost might be my favorite. Now, don't get me wrong. There's something about cryptozoology that I will forever love. But I gotta say, the first love is is ghosts. There's, ghosts are ghosts just way are cooler. I, it's a lot scarier too because when you're sitting in a house or a car or an apartment or wherever you find yourself, you know, living, I guess, um, thinking of the idea of like, oh, a big wolf or Bigfoot, that's not that scary. But the idea of like an invisible villain attacking yeah. you and you can't fight back you can't see it you can't run away that is the ultimate you're horror. just at the mercy yeah you're done for kid you're done but what? also something terrifying people maybe we'll do a true crime something pretty soon who knows yeah it'll probably at happen some point soon. at some point the algorithm you know but uh we are starting a cult right that's grand jake mitch was here he was kind of silent but he was here yeah, he was he present. He was fucking here. And uh, so, follow us on all the shit. We got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we are on YouTube. Subscribe. We got the Patreon down below. Become patrons. Thank you, Mom and Dad. You became patrons. Finally. Yeah, you did. Thank you very Thank much. You guys. That was sweet of you. Uh, but uh, you can be as cool as my parents and go to Patreon. So, uh, that's it, I think. Yeah, that's it. Subscribe. Tell us. Tell everyone about us. Tell everyone. Yeah, tell everyone Everybody, you know. tell, tell everyone you know. Patrick Warburton, that's still the guy we're, we're trying to wrangle He's in. He's the current target. I'm, I, I'm stuck on him for a while. I, I'm stuck <laughs> on him for a minute. No, yeah, I posted a picture of him. On Instagram. Go check it out, everybody. Yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Next we week. love you all very much. Yes, goodbye. We love you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bananas. Yeah.